Get ready to pump your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio on the world's most popular power hour, Star Style. Be the star you are. The Oprah of the airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, and her sidekick, daughter, Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations of the globe in their information-packed Tea for Two, a mother-daughter brew. In other segments, Cynthia interviews real-life trailblazers, authors, and experts with the courage and vision who show you how to build a road to fulfillment through their unique books and services. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll be informed and entertained. For your free lifestyle empowerment coaching session right here on the airwaves, turn up the volume, relax, sit back, and get ready to be inspired. Because Star Style, Be the Star You Are, starts right now. Well, hello and happy Cinco de Mayo. It is festivity time here, and I'm sure everyone of Mexican heritage is out there celebrating. Welcome to the finest hour of Power Star Style. Be the star you are with authors and experts that help you excel in life. This is Star Style. Be the star you are and our tea for two, a mother-daughter mother-daughter brew segment. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And we are so happy to be with you. Happy Cinco de Mayo, Heather. Happy Cinco de Mayo. Exactly. Hey, I want to know what it's like in San Diego. Is everybody, uh, I mean, there's a lot, there's a very large Mexican population there. Are the streets filled with revelers yet, or is that going to wait till later, probably? (laughs) Oh, San Diego is alive and well celebrating today. Yes, of course, of course, as if every place, I think, is because we just tend to like to celebrate. Well, in today's Tea for Two, we're going to be discussing the plight of women across the world and give you some ideas on what you can do to help. And then in segment two, you will meet 17-year-old award-winning author Maggie Mae Lewis. She's going to join us with her beautiful picture book for kids, Moonlight Memoirs, and tell us all about how she got going and what it's like to be such a young author and her love for animals. And then we're going to go into the garden to create a potage that will help you eat fresh and stay healthy. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by the Carmony Collection. Handmade handbags for the woman in your life. And it's Mother's Day this weekend, too, so why not have a beautiful clutch created for your mom? Call 925-785-7827 or visit CarmonyCollection.com. That's Carmony with a K, Collection with a K. And this is a Chinese proverb for our miracle moment. Tension is who you think you should be. Relaxation is who you are. That sounds like mm-hmm. be the star you are, doesn't it, Heather? Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, when we relax, when we, then we can just be who we are. And when we try to be somebody else, that's when we get very uptight and a little bit crazy. Well, we are celebrating a great day today, Cinco de Mayo. And then, of course, we have Mother's Day. So within just a couple of days, special, special days, uh, then we want to celebrate all of them. A very quick announcement and that is that the volunteer teens from Be The Star You Are Charity are hosting a charity car wash coming up on Saturday, May 14th, at a perfect service station called Star Service Station on the corner of Ream and Moraga Road in Moraga, California. And a big shout-out, thank you, to Eric Evanson from Orchard Supply Hardware, Osh, in Moraga, and to Keegan Productions for helping us with the supplies. 
and of course to Star Service Station. We really appreciate it. So support our sponsors who support us, and we will see you at the car wash. Heather has already bought her ticket, although her car is quite far away. So we appreciate that. <laughs> and by the way, if you come, you know, bikinis are not required, but it may be warm like it is today. So if that's what you want, that is great. <laughs> well, as the world population approaches 7 billion this year, voluntary access to contraception and reproductive health services should not be withheld from women who want and need them. Now, Heather Brittany is going to discuss the importance of Congress's need to focus on developing a responsible spending plan for our country, not enacting extreme social agenda that you know harms the poorest women and their children around the world. And we just want to talk about how we can support women, women who are trapped in abusive relationships, women who are sex slaves across the, across the world, and women who, for example, are being used as shields, such as the women in uh, bin Laden's service. So, Heather, take it away. Well, how can we stop attacks on women across the world? Yeah, well, I mean... Thank you for all the support that's been going on the last couple of months when we were talking about everything that was going on with Congress. And thanks to the efforts of all the millions of people that signed um, all those petitions that put in ballots that really made their voice heard, um, a federal budget was finally reached. And with thank you to everyone's efforts, Planned Parenthood um, was not cut out of it. Um, however, um, though the funding that would have defunct millions of women access um, to care for preventative services, um, that was able to continue. But in the Washington, D.C. area, um, they actually were able to get a slight vis uh, victory in the extremist ways of that. There's a new, um, a new thing that's on Congress's floor called the H.R. 3, and uh, it's kind of started a whole new campaign for us because if this passes, um, this is going to just further... Um, further jeopardize women's health. And what this HR3, it has three components of it, and it's in relation to this whole health care um, tax reform. Um, for a long time here in America, it was all about, you know, health care reform, and that kind of took a back seat when tax stuff started increasing. And then um, in these past few months when uh, Planned Parenthood was truly fighting to keep this Title X, the Title X, as overall to keep its fundings available for uh, low income and just people to have access to care. Um, what this three uh, this HR three plan that's been able to kind of create is that what it will do is that um, it will really affect small businesses and women's health care. As of now, small business owners, when you have so many uh, employees employed, you you must offer some kind of health care uh, beneficial program. And a lot of people in their comprehensive care, uh, many, many insurance companies do, um, do include access to termination abortion care services. And what this new contract does is that it makes it so small businesses um, would be penalized if they included insurances that offer that. And it also penalizes um, insurance companies, making that, that if a woman um, that by no need, even if it was truly deemed absolutely medically necessary to receive a termination, that it would not be allowed. It would not be covered by any kind of comprehensive health care. 
So, for example, if a woman um, was to become pregnant, found out while she was pregnant that she had leukemia and needed to start chemotherapy treatment, that with that would cause um, tremendous stress. It's not advised of someone to be able to uh, carry on healthily with their own life or pregnancy by um, receiving such extreme chemotherapy drugs. In cases like that, many doctors would advise um, a woman to terminate because of the, the extremely dangerous risk. It would not only cause to them, but to the unborn fetus. And so are you saying that this new bill will not allow termination in those cases, even in those new bill, cases? This new bill would say that um, a woman with chemotherapy that even had been advised, her health insurance would not cover that, that that something that she would be doing almost as a cosmetic thing as deemed in their mind would be deemed um, unnecessary and I have a I have a question yeah. I I wanted to ask you um, I know you're talking about HR3 but I wanted to ask you if you have information about the bill that's HR1 that the house recently passed that was it was a bill to gut the international family planning programs and prohibit the United States from making any contributions to the United uh, Nations Population Fund, and they wanted to reimpose the global gag rule. And if those yeah. provisions, you know, there would be there'd be more like ten thousand maternal deaths overseas. There'd exactly. be four million unintended pregnancies. I was just wondering, and there'd actually be many, many more abortions, probably. Close so to a million more abortions. Can you is, talk about that, that one? Is, that is something, um, you know, I don't have all all the facts on but that is something that over this last month when our country was trying to reach this budget, um, it really came down to so many things that as a, we feel as a victory, you know, as for Planned Parenthood, that Title Pen is still existing, that we're still able to help the millions and millions of people that was in other cases not have access or affordable access to care. Um, but in essence of allowing this to continue, much more was chipped away at. And um, many in the House of Representatives coming from a Republican side um, tried to chip away you know, at clean air initiatives and at international aid. Um, so many things that it truly is, a, I always reinstate that butterfly effect that um, these people have no access to it. And the big thing is education with lives, of, of spending that small amount of money. I mean, the People here in America, what costs us something, we can build schools for $1,000 in these countries. Um, so by eliminating this aid, eliminating access to, um, you know, clean, to uh, vaccinations and clean water and, I mean, so, so many things. Well, and also to contraceptive supplies and services because if this, if this gag rule is imposed, from what I understand, there will be over 12 million couples that will not receive these supplies or their services, and and that would uh, that would mean more unnecessary births, right? In in areas where people can't feed them or clothe them, and it's just going to to cause exactly. people to um, you exactly. know to terminate their own children at least even when they're born. So exactly. and I mean, and that's the big thing of contraception wise is to avoid any of these unintended pregnancies and not even coming from, um, you know, a, a sexual way. If some people think, well, if someone wasn't, didn't want to intend to have a pregnancy, then they just shouldn't be sexually active. Many women in foreign countries 
um, they're forced into these marriages. They're forced in as their role as a wife or as a woman is um, is to reproduce, is to be sexual, that this is part of their job. Many of them in the sex trade and slave industry that they're forced into things or due to religious beliefs um, regarding sexuality. These, these, many of these women, they need to find ways to protect themselves or contraception is viewed um, negatively there yet they don't know how they can, um, you know, barely care for themselves or care for another mouth. So it's always education and making things discreet, of having that contraception, having that education available and accessible to people, as well as medications and treatments and, um, again, proper information and knowledge. And that's the, the small amount of funding, so much, the littlest amount of money goes so Bar in international services um, that a lot of times people don't really don't consider it, and and things when it, especially here in America when it comes to federal funding, we always get into that people feel so opposed that their tax money is going towards um, helping low income people get contraception. Well, as I've said before, is for every one dollar that the state spends on contraception, they save uh, they're reimbursed nine dollars federally. So to think of, you know, the, how it costs pennies on the dollars for a pack of birth control while someone has an unintended pregnancy and carries through and then has brings not only brings a child in that um, possibly into a family or situation that is not wanting it, the emotional um, repercussions of that. But now this child and this family may be having to go uh, welfare, food stamps, the, the state now takes on all the financial burdens. Right, it becomes a burden to society. Well, we have to wrap it up. And I, from what I understand, the majority of Americans support the international family programs and family planning programs, including 69% of, of Republicans and independent voters. So we need to vote for what people want, and Congress really needs to focus on developing a responsible pen, uh, spending plan the country and not enacting any extreme social agenda that harms the poorest women and their children around the world. So, Heather, thank you very much. Did you want to just add one more thing or, yeah, and then get out the website? considering um, whatever people's views with these things, is always when you're casting those votes and you're making these decisions about this stuff, don't be going from a moral or a religious view of thinking truly of the health and the welfare of not only your country but your world and thinking of the access and the need that you want for yourself, your own children, your neighbors, your friends, um, that as, as one human race that we all want everyone to have access to all care, comprehensive care. Oh, very, very good. Well, give out the website, please. Most definitely. If you want some uplifting inspirational, if you want to participate in the car wash that's coming up, get a book, donate, whatever you can do. Um, we want you to go to BeTheStarYouR.org, BeTheStarYouR.com. You can also go to CarmonyClutches.com, both with a K. And, of course, it's Mother's Day to honor that women, the women in your life, the wonderful mothers. So do go to CarmonyCollection.com and have a handcrafted handbag for the special woman. That's with a K. So when we return from break, we'll be meeting 17-year-old Maggie Mae Lewis. She's returning to give us an update on her beautiful children's book, Moonlight Memoirs. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And this is Star Style. Be the star you are. Stay with us. We'll be right back. We're going to have some more fun.
What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Apathy, violence, and negative messages are everyday occurrences in our country. You can be a changemaker when you dare to care by supporting Be The Star You Are Charity, a 501c3 that empowers women, families, and youth through improved literacy, positive media, and tools for living. Visit www.bethestarur.org to find out how you can make a difference in our world. Everyone counts. That web address again is www.bethestarur.org. Be the star you are. org. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Get a positive prescription for living and discover a cure for adversity when you make a difference in the lives of others by donating to Be the Star You Are, a 501c3 top-rated charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through increased literacy, positive media, and tools for living. www.bethestarur.org. All donations are tax-deductible. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. It's the Power Hour on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Now, back to the show with the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan. Well, what a pleasure to be here with you. Happy Cinco de Mayo if you're just joining us. And happy Mother's Day to all those wonderful, wonderful women out there. Every week, Be the Star You Are showcases incredible authors and experts who enhance and inspire your life. Be the Star You Are is a 501c3 charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth through improved literacy and positive message programming like this radio show. Go to bethestarur.org. Well, Moonlight Memoirs, Remembering That Family and Friends Are Forever, is an award-winning book written by 17-year-old teen author Maggie Mae Lewis and illustrated by Melody Lee Lamb. Maggie Mae was born in China, adopted before her first birthday, and brought to America. She's grown up on a lovely island with lots of animal friends, so it was natural for her to write her first book about her animal pals. Welcome back, Maggie, to Be the Star You Are. Thank you, Cynthia. How are you? I'm doing good today. How about yourself? Great, great. I understand that you recently went to your school prom. How was that? It was really exciting. It was exciting. Did you Mm -hmm. do the whole thing with the fancy dress and the corsages and all of the great things? Yeah, I got to wear my dream prom puffy dress and the flowers and got a date and everything really really so that's pretty exciting i mean i think that this time of year this is like a very special occasion in every girl's life did you go with a lot of friends i went with a small group of my close friends that's probably better right yeah it was really nice 
Good, good. Well, we're so glad to have you back to talk about Moonlight Memoirs, Remembering That Family and Friends Are Forever, which is just a lovely, lovely illustrated book for children. And I wanted to first start off by having you tell us, when was it that you had your inspiration to write this book? And what was it that made you first put pen to paper or sit down at a computer or whatever your methodology was and uh, create uh, Moonlight Memoirs? I think the whole process began about um, maybe, I guess now five years ago, uh, basically when I was 13, and I had the original story. I just, I really wanted to get a message out to the world, and I believed that at that age, I think I could have written a book, which I proceeded to do, and I think it just really, having so many animals around me inspired me to use lots of animals in this story. And I think it could really appeal to a lot of the public by that type of message. Well, it, Moonlight Memoirs is a, a children's book, but really is a book for all ages because of the message. Would you tell us about the, the main message of the book in, in relation to the fact that it deals with death and how love is forever? Um, well, when I uh, wrote Moonlight Memoirs, I wanted to put kind of a positive, uplifting message into the story because there, are, there aren't that many positive outlooks on this type of subject, and I really wanted to get that point across to a lot of people. So the message in there was that your loved ones that have passed on are still there for you and will always watch over you. And how's it been received? I think how it's been received pretty well. We've gotten a lot of sales, uh, lots of interviews, book signings, uh, have a TV appearance up soon so it should be oh tell exciting. us tell us that's very exciting i also understand you've been one you've been winning a lot of awards including a brand new award the da vinci eye tell us about that award and tell us about your upcoming tv the da vinci eye is awarded to books with superior cover art and we had submitted it a few i think months ago and we'd recently just found out that we were finalists and then we were actually considered for a winner and we won so I'm very thankful to Melody's artwork that did a lot for that and provided us with that type of opportunity. Well, um, congratulations on that uh, that award. And I just before we go on to my second question, is I want to just tell people we are speaking with Maggie Mae Lewis, who is a teenage author, an award-winning author. Her book has won many awards. The book is called Moonlight Memoirs, Remembering That Family and Friends Are Forever. And this cover really is exceptional with the paw prints all over it and then this beautiful moonlight, uh, not a photo, moonlight rendering of the mice and the moon and the bird. Uh, Melody just did a terrific job with it. So tell us about your television show that's coming up. How thrilling is that? (laughs) Um, I'm going to be doing an interview at the Author Corner segment of The Balancing Act that's premiering on the Lifetime television channel. That's huge. This must be, I mean, when you found out that you were selected for that, were you jumping for joy? I was really excited. <laughs> so they they must have found your book, and then they want you know they they must be impressed that you're so young and that you have this lovely book out and that you're already winning awards. Yeah, I, I'm really hoping to um, experience just the interview. I think it'll be really exciting. Now, something that I think is important to you um, it, because of your love of animals is you have been donating a percentage of the pro- uh, proceeds 
to animal rescue organizations. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, when I first wrote the book and I decided that uh, I wanted it published, I really wanted to have a way to kind of help animals that sometimes really cannot have control over what happens to them. So I thought another good way to uh, do that would be donations to uh, lots of rescues. We've been donating to local uh, shelters, some havens, uh, Art for Critters, which is the group that Melody Lee Lamb runs, and they do lots of painting and they sell them for charity to help with the animals. That's fantastic. And then you also donate books, don't you? You've, you've donated hundreds of books to hospices and uh, like Ronald McDonald House and other places because you, you want to get the message of the book that love is forever, that those who pass on are still with us to everyone, not just children. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing. It's just something that some people that are ready to hear the message could be presented with, and when they want to hear it, it's going to be there for them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, you know, if um, I- I'm sure that people listening to the show right now are thinking, wow, she's so young, and she came up with this idea when she was 13 and started writing a book. What would you say to young writers who may have this story inside, and I'm a huge believer everybody has a story, what would you say, how do you get started? What do you, how did you do it? How can they do it? I think the best way to start is, first of all, be inspired and really believe what you're trying to present to the world, just your message, get focused on that, put it all together, have your story, have it come out of you, and then just, I guess, go from there because you can really accomplish anything you try. Uh, I like that. Well, you also, besides writing, you are quite accomplished in other things. You've been homeschooled and you went to Montessori schools as well, but you also play the violin and the piano and you have other extracurricular activities that you enjoy. Tell us about your life outside of writing. Well, when I'm not writing, I'm usually either doing homework or taking care of animals um, or household animals. And then I do like to play piano and play violin in my free time and occasionally participate in some recitals. Do you like the recitals? Do you like to practice? I mean, is this something that is music something that comes naturally or that you enjoy it? I love music because I just think that it's a type of language that can be universally understood. And I do think that it comes kind of easy to me. Mm-hmm. And so have you, uh, when you go to recitals, I mean, do you have this desire that you want to get to Carnegie Hall or you want to just play locally or just for your own entertainment? I just like playing to kind of know that I can and just express myself, like the creativity that comes out of music. So do you write your own? I've written a few things, but I've never gotten extremely intense into them. But you do, but you like to write, or would you just prefer? Do you? I mean, are you the kind of pianist that you can hear a tune and sit down and play it? Uh, no, I'm not that good. <laughs> well, I, I bet you you're probably just very modest. Well, let's get back <laughs> to the book Moonlight Memoirs, remembering that family and friends are forever. Maggie Mae Lewis. That it's really the story of uh, two mouse friends. And would you tell us, just give us a little short synopsis about it, because I understand you were inspired to write about mice because you had them as uh, as as a, uh, a pet when you were young. Yes, I did. Um, the story starts out as the two young mice who 
uh, come out on a winter's night and uh, meet this old mouse, and he kind of guides them to a clearing where they meet up all, with all these other animals, different ones, and they learn the lesson that your family and friends are with you forever. It's it really I think that's the climax of the whole story right there. Well, and it you also encounter other other critters along the way too. It's you have uh you have the little squirrel and the cat and other animals in there. What kind of animals do you have right now? Right now we have dogs, cats, rabbits, uh I think a hamster, rat um I think actually birds. There's the last one. And then uh, on our ranch in Texas, we have some cows and chickens and dogs and cats down there. And I'm sure that you really enjoy going down there. And you, you would probably love it when you're down on the ranch. Yeah, it is fun. Have you, with your love of animals, do you adopt the animals as well? I mean, do you rescue animals? We've actually rescued a lot of our animals from either the SPCA or um, neighboring people that just find them and they've been abused or not treated well. And we take them in. Isn't it wonderful that they find you and you find them and you give them a home? Yeah, it's a great feeling. It is. It is. I mean, I know that we've talked about this before, but when I'm with my animals, I am so at peace. They're so not, they don't judge us. And that's why I think in writing your book, Moonlight Memoirs, it is such an enchanting story because you're able to get the message across easier through the storytelling with animals because they are such gentle creatures and when we have animals in our life I think that we experience life a little bit deeper so Maggie Mae what is next for you are you do you have another book inside of you I think I've sort of begun a second one but I'm not exactly sure how far the um, inspiration has come so far and is it going to? Is it also pertaining to animals? Is it also poetry? Yeah, it's definitely that style. So I, I mean, this is a beautiful. I mean, you really have done some beautiful rhyming here. Is this something that you've always enjoyed since you were a little girl? I think I've always liked writing, just because I love reading. I love the way you can make words flow, and just the whole style of it. It's really inspiring. Interesting you say that you love reading. Do you find that in order to be a good writer, you have to be an attentive reader? Um, I don't really think that you have to. I think it would benefit you, but it really depends on the person. But do you read, you, do you read mostly books, magazines, or a combination? I read a lot of books. I think that that's a, that's a very a strong suit. The more you read, the more you will succeed. So what are your plans now that you are uh, nearing, you know, the end of your high school career? Do you have any grand plans for the future? Um, Not really yet. I haven't decided what I want to do with the rest of my life, but I'm sure I'll figure that out eventually. Well, no, of course you'll figure that out, but are you thinking of, are you going to be going away to school or do you, does that, has that come into play yet? Uh, I think I might be taking some courses at the community college, the local one we have here in Maryland. Now, that's always a great idea. It's a good place to start and kind of get a good general background. Yeah, to figure out what I'd like to do. Now, something that has been, um, I think, really important to you has been you've had wonderful, wonderful parental support through all of this and through this publishing process. 
is uh, tell us about that experience of it being really a family affair. I think that's such, you know, it's, it really makes you very close, and it's a special relationship that you form. I think it's definitely strengthened my family relationship just between my sister, my mother, my father. Um, having them work with me side by side, suggesting new ideas, it's really helpful, and it does bring a strong bond to the family. Does your sister have any writing inklings? She does like to write. Recently, she's been writing a lot, and she won't let me look at what she's writing, but I'm sure it's really good. <laughs> you know, isn't that normal? I mean, do you let anybody look at what you're writing while you're writing it? I mean, don't you just take their ideas, or do you let them kind of edit as you go? I usually will not show anyone what I'm writing until I think that it's good enough for someone else to see. See, I feel the same way. I'm the same way. I don't like to... Some people like to sit at a round table, you know, and like yeah. just hash it all out. You probably know people like that or other writers like that. And I, I'm the same way as you. Is I tend to write, and then when I feel that it's to a draft level, then I'll let somebody look at it. Because otherwise, it's, to me, it's just, for me, it's just a mishmash of ideas, and it hasn't really been formed yet. Could we, I want to talk just a second about your wonderful illustrator, Melody Lee Lamb, because it's a great story the way you found her when you were hunting for an illustrator. First of all, her name is Lamb, which is an animal, which fit right into your story. Just tell us how you found her. And I mean, she, it's, it is like a match made in heaven. <laughs> well, when I first had my story basically completely formed, I decided that I really wanted to make it a picture book. So I told my mother that I was going to start looking for illustra illustrations, artists, anything that I think might have fit for my book. So I began looking around a lot of the websites, and I didn't really see any art that really appealed to me that I thought could fit the message exactly. And then one day I was randomly looking on eBay, and I saw Melody's artwork right there. She does a lot of wildlife, animals, pets. And I looked at her things, and I really liked them. And I contacted her and asked her if she would illustrate my book, and she said yes. Hasn't wasn't that like the best decision ever? That was, it's, I mean, the two of you go so well. She really was able to illustrate with such life the words that you have on the page. And I think she so, really helped capture it. I do. I think so too, Maggie May. When we when we read Moonlight Memoirs, remembering that family and friends are forever, you'll find that these beautiful illustrations by Melody Lee Lamb they just move you from page to page, and you feel that you are on this journey with the mice as they discover that love is forever and that family is forever. Well, let's give out your wonderful website and so people can go and get the book. It is available anywhere online. You can ask for it at bookstores. And we uh, the, the website that you want to give out is moonlightmemoirs.com. Uh-huh. Moonlightmemoirs.com, all one word. Again, the book is Moonlight Memoirs, Remembering That Family and Friends Are Forever. Maggie May Lewis, and her name is spelled M-A-G-G-I-E, and May is M-E-I. I love the way that May is spelled. That is, that is honoring your, um, your heritage. I think yeah. that's very beautiful. Well, congratulations on winning this latest award, Maggie May, and... Hey, we're going to have to find out how this television goes. It really sounds exciting. She's going to be on Lifetime. That's really fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, this was Maggie Mae Lewis, again, the book, Moonlight Memoirs, Remembering That Family and Friends Are Forever. You'll be able to watch her on the Lifetime Network's The Balancing Act. And, you know, we'll put something on our website when she's up. and we, We'll put a link to it so that you can get there. So, again, thanks for being on the show. And we'll be talking to you soon. And best of success with this book and with everything else that you strive for in the future. You're a great inspiration for young people, Maggie Mae. Thanks so much, Miss Cynthia. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and I am Cynthia Bryan. And don't go away. We have lots more to come. you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop take world talk radio on the go and listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market business bites here's cynthia bryan do you know how to be a great employee do you know what is necessary how about a background check if you are an employer, do you screen potential employees before hiring? Doing background checks to determine any criminal convictions or undisclosed problems can save you aggravation and money down the line. Dishonest employees can cause a great deal of harm to your reputation and to your bottom line. And here are a couple of ways to protect your company. First, make sure to verify previous employment and educational degrees that are listed on a resume. If a job involves driving, check with the Department of Motor Vehicles in your area to determine a safety record. Drug screening has become acceptable and provides a good tool to analyze the risks of the individual being interviewed. Your company can outsource the screening process to a firm that specializes in personal screenings if you don't have the manpower in-house. It's far better to hire the right person the first time than to make a serious mistake with an employee you'll regret. And as a potential employer, employee, be happy that your employee cares enough to do a background check. Remember, you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information on coaching and business ideas, visit star-style.com or call 925-377-7827. Are you living your dreams? Want to create a life you love but don't know how to begin? Lifestyle coach and personal growth expert Cynthia Bryan has jump-started the lives and careers of clients for over two decades with her signature Star Style consultations with personalized sessions by phone or in person. You'll turn your passions into profits. Visit www.cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-STAR. That's cynthiabryan.com or call 925-377-7822. Cynthia Bryan is your guide on the side. www.cynthiabryan.com You can be the star you are. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
turn up the volume, grab a seat, and get ready to be challenged, inspired, and motivated to greatness. It's Power Party Time on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with your hosts, the mother-daughter dynamic duo, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Well, thank you for staying with us here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are on World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk and listen. It's Cinco de Mayo today, so we hope that you are celebrating with our friendly neighbors to the south. And then it's Mother's Day on Sunday, so if you have forgotten to get your mother something special, don't forget. This is a friendly reminder. Visit CarmonyCollection.com, Carmony with a K, Collection with a K, and get her a handmade handbag at a very good price. Or you may want to pick some flowers from your garden. Well, Jim Rohn said the miracle of the seed and the soil is not available by affirmation. It's only available by labor. And I should tell you that these last few weeks with the spring springing everywhere, I have spent all my hours, all my extra hours in the garden, sometimes even with a flashlight when it's dark. So after the last month of pulling weeds and hauling manure and spading and triple digging and finally sowing seeds, my nails are nubs, my back is aching, my hands look just horrible, even though I do wear gloves. Yet, I am really exuberant because I know that the harvest that will begin as soon as everything is sprouted is going to be phenomenal. And what I have been doing, this is my new experiment, I planted my personal potager. Now, potager is a French word for a manner of gardening, which is mixing flowers with vegetables, fruits, berries, and herbs in a very formal style. So if you want fresh, succulent, and abundant produce straight from the garden to the table, planting a potager is the smartest garden practice to adopt. It's also very smart because when you mix fruit, vegetables, berries, and flowers together, you get this cornucopia of different textures and a different species, which actually deters pests and bugs, so you have a healthier garden. Now, Americans are used to planting vegetable gardens. Usually, we keep our flowers and our vegetables and herbs separate. The English plant kitchen gardens, so they keep everything they're going to use in a kitchen separate. But the French have potagers, which they mix it all together. And this has been going on since the Middle Ages, where the French have been combining everything they want for decor or for culinary delights in one garden plot. And the advantage of the potager is that this type of cultivating is terrific for any plot size. It saves space, it saves nutrients, it saves water, and all the while it really adds a beautiful bounty to your landscape. Now, I had the pleasure this year of visiting this glorious Renaissance chateau in France called Villandry, and it is considered one of the world's most famous potagers with acres and acres of formal beds divided into nine equal uh, squares, and they're each edged with boxwood, and they change seasonally. For example, around Valentine's Day, they clip, they clip the herbs to look like hearts. So, I mean, of course, there are many gardeners there, so it's not just one person like myself working in the garden. They, have, they can make it a little bit more formal, but they have all different kinds of vegetables, herbs, and flowers depending on the season. They have artichokes and leeks and cabbages and pumpkins and peppers and beets and Swiss chard and squash all sharing the same space 
with roses and nasturtiums and catmint and marigolds and violas. And the plan that they have has been replicated and copied all over the globe in wonderful estates and gardens. And even as small as just a small pot, because a potager can be just a large pot that you put on your balcony that you can put lettuces in, tomatoes, and um, herbs, and flowers at the same time. For example, I have a couple of pots just outside my office right now. And what I have in that pot is I'm growing a tomato plant in each of them as the center. And then I have parsley growing around the edges. And then I have put cosmos in there for some height so that they get this sort of wispy, flowery, you know, pretty cosmo. And then I have a trailing, trailing pelagonium that, that spills over the edges of these pots. And it's so it's pretty and it's practical at the same time. I also have another pot that I anchored with a rose bush. And then around it, I put... Um, different different herbs so i'm actually growing chervil this year which is a french herb that is kind of a um licorice taste it's hard to find but you can get it in seeds at your local garden center uh, renee's gardens carries these seeds so you may want to try to plant it i know as a garden writer i'm always getting uh, questions emails asking where can i get chervil so renee's gardens has a chervil for i think it's about three dollars a pack in any case it's very pretty and lacy so it looks like a plant and then if you put your basil around it you're going to attract the bees and the hummingbirds and at the same time you will detract any of the pests so you'll keep the aphids and things away now, potagers are mostly filled with annuals as opposed to permanent plantings of perennials because that way you can rotate and you can have more choice year after year. Now, the secret is to blend plants that are edible or are useful as natural pest and insect resist uh, resistors. So when creating your potager, start by drawing a design for the beds. If you may want to pick up a book and check out a book to see how you can set up something. You might want to divide it into those nine segments. Even if you're doing it in a pot, just figure it out, kind of like a puzzle, how it should look so that there's something, a central focal point, such as a small tree or a decorative frame or a bean teepee, or maybe even a dramatic plant such as a globe artichoke can set the stage. Now, my favorite thing in my potager are my artichoke. Uh, I have two art globe artichokes, and I have anchored them in one corner, and it just, they are beautiful. Now, the pattern is more effective when you plant generously for an opulent outcome, and you have to choose your specimens very, very carefully. So each vegetable, herb, berry, fruit, or flower is meant to shine individually and to also complement the looks and the habits of its neighbors. So you're aiming for symmetry, you're aiming for balance, and you're going to plant in patches or clumps as opposed to rows. Now, most American vegetable gardeners, they plant in rows. I remember growing up on the farm, we would make a furrow, and we would have these long rows, and then we would dig these ditches to put the water in. So everything was in rows. And then the, we would sometimes have, like we would have a, a zucchini patch or a cucumber patch, but generally, everything else was in rows. So you could go down the rows and easily pick. Well, a potager is really different. A potager is a is big patches. So you're planting, you're filling it in almost 
looking like an English garden where it's just free-flowing, except for it has the symmetry using those nine elements. So I'm going to just tell you how I planted in the last couple of weeks in my terrace potager because I'm actually on a hillside. And so I had to build it up with, I just used scrap wood, three little terraces. And I terraced it with some sunny-colored calendulas, which are also known as pot marigolds. And they are also, I use them in cooking all the time because we call them poor man's saffron. They taste like saffron in cooking. Or you can use the bright orange petals in salads just for a real snappy taste. And they also look really, really pretty. So the uh, calendulas and marigolds are great for keeping the bugs away. So if you put calendulas or marigolds around your garden, that can be instead of, it, uh, you know, I don't want boxwoods in my garden because I'm not trying to do a great big, huge Volandry chateau. I'm just trying to do a small plot for my family. Then I planted Armenian cucumbers, and they're being trained on a tripod I made from my pear tree uh, trimmings, along with scarlet runner beans, which will have these pretty scarlet flowers. Now, uh, you know, you can buy these tripods at your local stores, but instead of buying it, when I pruned my pear tree this year, it had really pretty branches. So I just took three big um, branches, and I still left some of the side branches on. I, I tied twine around them from the bottom all the way up so that these the runner beans and the Armenian cucumbers are going to have something to hook onto. And then these Armenian cucumbers are kind of long and, and very textured, so they will hang down. And normally cucumbers grow on the ground, but I thought this will be kind of fun. I'll have to let you know later if it works. They're now starting. They're about a foot high, and they're, they're twining their way up. Then, as I said previously, I have two large globe artichokes that are anchoring one corner of the potager. And then uh, right beneath them, there's fennel and parsley and onions that are nestled underneath their fronds. So it, it gives them enough sun, but they also have shade. Then I had a dwarf volunteer apple tree that came up on the other side of my plot. And I decided to keep it because these apples are unbelievably crunchy and delicious. I have no idea what kind of apple tree it is because it's not one that I grow here. So I imagine the birds brought it in. But it, it uh, underneath it, there are strawberries. And then I made a potato mound. And so I'm growing my own potatoes. And then I did squares of basil and beets. And, you know, make sure if you plant beets that you eat the beet tops, too. So you don't have to just eat the bottoms. When you dig them out, the beet tops are really delicious. And then I uh, also put everywhere that so it would just sort of sprawl around. And I got this idea from Monet's garden at Javerni, where he has this wonderful promenade filled with nasturtiums. So I put peppery nasturtiums around my raised bed so they're going to spill over the edges. And that's where they'll meet the thyme that's growing between the stepping stones. I call it my crack garden because there's cracks, you know, everywhere, and then that's where the thyme grows. And then then in another area, I am growing all different kinds of lettuces and arugula and radicchio and mustards, and then I planted carrots and spinach and eggplant. I have, then along the fence, I have seven varieties of grapes that, you know, of course, those are um, perennials, they come back, and they are trellised along the fence. And then there's gr rosemary growing beneath them, kind of as a ground cover. And then on the end pillars, I have black currants. So the tomatoes and jalapenos and white corns 
are in the sunniest part of this garden, kind of in the center, and then sunflowers are around that. So it really it lo it looks pretty, although not everything is sprouted yet. I was out uh, this morning and I'm checking, and I saw that the nasturtiums have sprouted, the lettuces are all sprouted, the tomatoes are doing great, the the um, the sunflowers are starting to come up. And I have plenty of onions and fennel and, you know, the herbs are doing uh, doing really super. But I haven't seen the, any um, in, inroads yet on the peppers and some of the legumes or my cucumbers. So I'll have to keep you posted. But in any case, the patchwork of the vegetables, the herbs, the flowers, and the fruit are engaged in a system of succession sowing. So what that is is that every few weeks I go and I sow some more uh, seeds and that way, it's going to keep the shape, the form, the color, the texture, and it'll be functional because I will continue to have quantities of the freshest produce throughout the year. So the key element to high drama of a potager is to create a plan first and create um, plan it with things that you enjoy and then just dig in. Here are a list of a few vegetables you may want to try. Arugula, artichoke, beets, beans, broccoli, cabbage, carrots, chard, corn, cress, cucumbers, eggplant, garlic, kale, kohlrabi, lettuces, leeks, melons, mustard, onions, parsley, purslane. I know you're probably saying, what's purslane? That's a huge, people think it's a weed. It's filled with omega-3s and antioxidants, so make sure to put it in your salads. Peas, peppers, pumpkins, radishes, sorrel, squash, spinach, tomatoes, tomatillos, turnips, and zucchini. Those are the things that I really like. So you may want to think about planting those. Some of the easiest herbs are basil, bay, chamomile, chervil, chives, cilantro, dill. I can't live without any of these. Fennel, lavender, lemon balm, lovage, which tastes like, um, like, tastes like celery. Uh, marjoram, mints, and keep the mints in a pot because they will take over. Oregano, parsley, rosemary, sage, savory. Uh, stevia, which is a sweetener. Tarragon which is um, really, you know, I, I love tarragon in lamb, and of course thyme. And then a few edible flowers that you should definitely think about putting in there would include begonias, calendulas, carnations, cornflowers, dandelions, yes, that's a flower, daylilies, hibiscus, impatience, johnny jump-ups, nasturgeum, pansies, peonies, roses, the scented geranium, remember it flows over, sunflower, and viola. So whether you're seeking a dazzling horticultural sculpture garden or a modest vegetable garden, plant a potager and for the future and you will have fresh, nutritious, hearty, healthy food in abundance. So I thank you very much for joining me. I thank Justin for being my engineer and everyone there at World Talk for taking good care of me. Thanks to Heather Brittany, my co-host. For more information about Star Style, visit star-style.com. If you'd like coaching, call me, 925-377-STAR. We can do it over Skype or the phone or come and meet me in person. Maybe there be peace within you today. May you trust your highest power that you're exactly where you're meant to be. May you not forget the infinite possibilities that are born of faith. And may you use the gifts that you've received and pass on the love that has been given to you. May you dance and sing and bask in the sun. And as you go out into the day, remember no one has walked this earth with your exact combination of inborn and acquired strengths, skills, talents, weaknesses, and experiences, you are one of a kind. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate. So cherish the past, dream of the future, 
and celebrate every moment of your life. And please read a book and pick up a few of mine, Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, Be the Star You Are, Be the Star You Are for Teens, and The Business of Show Business. And until next week, go out and have a great Cinco de Mayo. Celebrate your mom on Sunday. Happy Mother's Day to all. And I thank you from Be the Star You Are and Star Style for joining me. I am Cynthia Bryan. Be the star you are. Thank you for being part of our star galaxy on today's episode of Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We hope you've enjoyed the commentary and are motivated to dream big, overcome obstacles, and realize your potential. For further information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. Join our power party next week right here on World Talk Radio as Cynthia Bryan, Heather Brittany, and the pioneers of the planet pump up the energy with positive, uplifting, life-changing radio. Until then... Be the star you are. You